This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're tuned in to the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. In conjunction with International Women's Day this week, we're going to look at our built environment and whether they're designed to be sensitive enough to women. Joining me on the show via Zencaster to dissect this is Ali Sabrina Ismail, Director of Architecture from the Faculty of Built Environment and Surveying University Technology Malaysia. We're going to start by looking at the definition of gender-sensitive architecture, a subset of architecture that focuses on eliminating bias in our design. Okay, um, before I explain about women architecture, well, I would just give you an overview understanding what is actually the meaning of gender sensitivity architecture or gender sensitive architecture. So if you look into the concept of gender sensitivity, it is actually a way to reduce the barriers that is caused by um, discrimination and also gender bias. So it is very important actually to create the kind of gender sensitive kind of environment because at the end of the day, we actually want to um, promote the idea of mutual respect regardless of genders, especially in uh, the built environment or like what you mentioned just now in public spaces. So if you, if you look into the um, sustainable future under the new urban agenda or NUA, actually it emphasizes on that all people must have equal rights, opportunities, you know, access to the benefits that cities can provide. So in, in other words, when we mention about new urban agenda here, uh, it actually have a clear vision talking about inclusivity. So in this sense, it actually assures that all residents, uh, whether you're male or female without discrimination, must develop this idea of safety, accessibility, healthy, be resilient, affordable, and actually promoting the idea that can improve everyone's quality of life. So in this sense, if you read the book um, written by Henri Lefebvre, talking about the concept of um, equality in, in city design or spaces design, it talks that whenever we, we create a built environment, the most important thing is that we need to mention the ideation of societal inequalities, meaning of religion, color, ethnicity, whether you are gender, male or female. And uh, above all is that talking about the unification between all types of gender in society. And if we look into the local survey done um, by the latest research, um, mostly Malaysian populace, almost 60 to 70% uh, of Malaysian populace actually agrees to achieve equality is important in the current environment. And it is very important because to ensure unification and harmony, especially when you live in Malaysia, there's a lot of different race and background. Uh, and also genders and also different age group. So when, when you were mentioning about the idea of gender sensitive awareness, so this is also very important when we talk to the um, group of women or what we call uh, female. Because when you talk about female, it's actually, um, what you call, um, it's most important thing because, um, female actually not only means like, uh, actually a very important um, group in society but it's also a very kind of a sensitive kind of a human being what I'm saying is that because I'm a woman myself so and whenever you go to cities nowadays most of city spaces are actually dominated by single gender group which is like male category and this is in sense actually did not give the ideation of sense of belonging especially to female so um, maybe after this I will elaborate much more detail on the aspect of um, 
what are the design senses that actually we should propagate and promote, especially in um, providing a good sense of space for women or for female. But I think um, most importantly right now, we, we sort of like have to acknowledge that maybe, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, urban spaces, uh, public spaces, um, uh, urban environment, built environment, they're not, they're not necessarily gender neutral, right? So, yeah. um, you know, what, what does that mean, perhaps, you know, when, when we mentioned that, you know, does that mean that, um, you know, in terms of looking at spaces, they're very, quote unquote, masculine? Yes, it is because um, if you if you look into Western civilization historically, um, most of public places in the Western world actually um, were created and were identified the spaces which is actually associated for men. So, and this actually had become an evolution, and it has shown a lot of a dichotomy in throughout throughout history, uh, especially in designing cities and designing spaces. Because uh, if you read books like written by Goodsell, you know gender the roles are actually entwined within our cultural formed identities where where actually men are being expected to control the space and actually women are expected to stay at home. So this is actually a kind of ingrained uh, ideas or, or what you call that um, cultural society that is inbound, not only in the Western, but also in the Eastern kind of uh, society. And if you look into like Ajman, you know, he also claims that um, when we go to urban cities or uh, places like in big cities, actually there's a lot of spaces that maintains men dominate. And when we talk about men, it is talk about um, the existing social order in society itself. So this is actually give an impact to human, uh, especially to women in that sense, who lives in the metropolitan spaces. So most of the public spaces are centered to the design for men and, and give them more emphasization and actually build up the boundaries between men and women in that sense. So if you read the book by Shelley Adner, who is also actually an author who, who wrote a lot about women in space, she mentioned that this is actually uh, something that is ingrained in society where actually there's a clear ground rules and had been established throughout the history, talking about establishing boundaries between men domain and also between the women. And whenever that we go, for instance, in big cities, um, it creates this kind of um, environment that is actually sometimes it gives a, a kind of an insecurity to women when they enter to certain spaces. So this is quite crucial because actually when we talk about designing an open space, it is very critical actually to build up a space where everyone can feel safe, especially women. Because when we talk about women, um, when we talk about the female psychology, there are certain things that actually um, presented by women. And women usually feel threatened, especially when you go to a big, huge area in cities where safety, you know, the ideas of uh, security always come to place. And the idea of where we need living in, in a kind of environment that is actually safe from crime hotspots, you know, um, poor streetscapes and then strangers. So these are all the things that actually gives women feeling insecure and absent in public spaces. Alice also outlines some of the aspects that need to be prioritised when it comes to designing for women. When you talk about designing for women, the most important thing is um, privatising their safety. So in this sense, uh, when we talk about women, the design consideration that relates to women's architecture design, especially in public spaces, is about safety. You know, you must have a good accessibility, comfort. And the most important thing is protecting the woman's safety. That is the most 
crucial and important thing actually. So and and creating a safe and secure space for women, um, it is actually a challenge, especially for designers and and also for policymakers, because sometimes when you design um, public buildings or when you designed uh, buildings in cities, sometimes you will have a lot of back alleys, you know, hidden lanes, you know, dark pathways and things like that. So this is actually will create crimes. And when we talk about crimes, it is very critical to women because especially when you are a working woman, you come home late at night, uh, 9 or 10 and, or maybe in the middle of the night after your work night shift and things like that. So you have to pass through certain pathways to go to cities, take a bus, you know, take a tram to go back home or train. So, so this is actually a, a critical thing that actually when you design uh, spaces, these are the things that you have to think and especially designated spaces also is missing especially in the city for women you know for instance when you talk about women they are always being mothers you know when you talk about mothers you always have kids you always have babies so you have to bring them to public spaces Uh, sometimes you have to babysit take care of them or and things like that but when we talk about the planning of this public space um, there are places being provided now but actually it's not enough in that sense and um, it is good if it's actually the policymakers of designers look more critically on how to design a better spaces for women because whatever it is women play important role in bringing up families so and sometimes we cannot leave our kids at home we have to go out and bring our kids with us so in this sense sometimes you need to have a place togetherness uh, between mothers between females and their kids or their um, daughters or their sons together to to actually mingle within the public spaces and another thing is that uh, when we talk about spaces for women, uh, friendly design spaces for women, um, the most important thing is that like I'm a woman myself also, I prefer a kind of a big, wide open space with wide entrances. So I can feel more safety when there is a lot of visibility within that space itself. So it is not like crowded or it is not like secluded and things like that. So this is very crucial also because it actually can allow flexibility also uh, in in within the spaces. And also at the end of the day, it will create this feeling of sense of belonging within the spaces for women itself, especially in cities. Are there any examples out there that can be used to perhaps uh, show a good design that's pretty uh, sensitive to women? Um, okay, I think um, there is some some kind of public buildings in Malaysia actually showed this kind of initiative. Like if you go to shopping malls, you know, uh, the women's parking is always painted in pink colour. And it is actually nearby to the entrance or to the doorways. So this is quite good, actually, when there is a certain kind of an awareness and, and community participation and understanding about uh, the woman's needs. And also, if you go to shopping malls, um, nowadays also the big shopping malls, you know, they have places for women actually to take care of their child and babies, you know, and things like that. There's, there's places for them. But uh, if you look into a specific things like um, still uh, in offices or, or in like um, uh, institutions and things like that, these kind of uh, facilities are still missing for women. 
you know, and, and the most um, critical thing that I would like to give an example, for instance, um, because I'm also doing a part of uh, talking about woman-friendly mosque design. So the most important thing that when we go to mosque, right, because mosque is actually a religious place where, especially during, it's going to be Ramadan soon. So women actually also want to take part to do taraweh prayers and things like that in mosque. But sometimes when we go to mosque, um, the space in the mosque itself actually discriminating women in that sense. You know, um, sometimes women prayer space, you know, you have to climb up uh, the staircase to go up one level, but the men will have the main dominant area for for praying at, at, at the main hall. But women have to climb up staircase, you know, they have to go through ramps and they have to go to round the spaces and things like that. So, and, and women areas in spaces sometimes like in surahs or in mosque, uh, actually they are not designed and fit within nice arrangement of the planning of the mosque itself. And sometimes it had an odd form to the kiblat, you know, and, and sometimes it cut off the continuity at times. So, when, when you go to certain spaces like this uh, it is really really very challenging sometimes you know also women also wants to have this feeling of participating um, meet the community and things like that and have engagement with with other um, with the societies so it's best to have also wherever public spaces whether it's a religious public spaces whether it's a library whether it's a shopping mall it's best to actually have a dedicated space for women because actually women also need to take part in all the society's activities and they also need to engage with the community. So this is something that the mindset, I think, needs to change um, in that sense. Yeah. That was Alisa Bruna Ismail, Director of Architecture from the Faculty of Built Environment and Surveying University Technology Malaysia, talking about gender-sensitive architecture and the importance of good architectural design for women. We're going to make way for some messages. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharudin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharudin. Joining me on the show today is Ali Sabrina Ismail, Director of Architecture from the Faculty of Built Environment and Surveying University Technology Malaysia. We're talking about designing our built environment to be sensitive to women in conjunction with International Women's Day. She has outlined some key factors that need to be focused on if you want to make our architectural design to be more inclusive for women earlier on the show. Apart from safety and security, are there any other factors? that we should be mindful of. Yes, of course. When you talk about women, um, the main thing, crucial thing is that I mentioned is safety and security. Um, but but the other things is also talking about um, friendly design of women's spaces that actually can uh, bring up this idea of sense of belonging. So this is also another crucial, important thing. And when we talk about sense of belonging is that the woman's space should ensure exclusiveness uh, where in the public spaces it can allow that kind of a, some flexibility for women to participate within a huge, large uh, engagement of group. So in this sense, uh, a nice design of a flexible user space should also be created. 
So which means that um, even though that women sometimes need to have their private areas or their privacy areas and things like that, uh, or maybe in kind of a safe kind of an environment, but also at the same time, they want to have an open area or, or flexible space that actually can engage them with the society and create more dynamic activities with with other group, with other genders or, you know, with, with children, with the elderly and things like that. So this is actually very important to, to build up this greater connection of women to the community. And you know that when, when I talk about women's spaces, um, they're still less, especially when, when in big, big uh, buildings or in big cities. Because when you go to most of places, for instance, um, women actually will actually be be put at the side and you know and the planning of a social space is actually um, collided with each other and it's actually meant for for men men dominate or, or male dominate so in this sense it is very critical to have a lot of social setting spaces that can create spontaneous kind of a gatherings with women that actually can occur at any time and also at any place so it's best to have a lot of pocket spaces you know resting areas that can encourage social interaction between women mm. uh, what about um you know spaces like houses for example like mm-hmm. like like sometimes when you think about the home i think we tend to, I guess, assume that, oh, you know, it's it's going to be designed to be inclusive for all, but that's not necessarily the case, right? Yes, it is. Because if you talk about um, residential areas, I'm taking example of residential areas, um, the way how residential areas or housing areas are designed, actually, um, for instance, I give you the example of park design in residential areas. Um, usually, when when in the evenings, you know, you go to your olden days, you know, like the days of of a traditional um, Malay house, for instance, or the Malay kampung, you know, the woman usually at the evening after they are tired cooking and things like that, they will actually sit in the veranda within the woman community and they start to have this like kopi sembang sembang place for them to sit down and talk, uh, just to chit chat, maybe one one or two, three hours, you know, just to get them stressed out, relaxed and things like that. But unfortunately, if you look into residential um, living, in especially in the modern urban context, there is no spaces for that. For, for what, what I'm saying is that for women to sit down and, and talk to, together with neighbors or within their female friends and things like that. This is because the way how the residential houses are designed in rows, you know, and when you have parks, you know, um, the parks or the playground are actually far from their house. So it's quite hard for them to go and, and, and meet their friends and things like that. So this actually um, diminished the ideation of culture uh, where we have in our old traditional days, you know, if you look into the movies like Piramli movies, you know, or like Kampung movies, you know, and you will always see that this kind of experience actually occurs, especially in the women community. But nowadays, we don't have that. So we don't have a specific space that actually can build this social connection. You know, so at the end of the day, how does women express their feeling, their emotion is actually through Facebook, you know, through all these digital social media things. And at the end of the day, sometimes it, it gives this kind of a psychological effect to women. You know, and sometimes we do feel stressed out because it's best for you to communicate openly and have a face-to-face discussion, you know, and get involved in activities that actually can um, 
can trigger your cognitive, your 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 physical development and things like that. But nowadays in, in the modern living, we are missing that kind of, of environment. So it is quite sad to see that because when there is no community spaces, there's actually, they will actually give less sensitivity to this idea of what we call unification, unity among society, especially to the women community. Yeah, based on our discussion so far, it seems like I think um, there is a need to recognize this. Is the field already recognizing this at the moment? Um, the the ideation of of feminism or what we call that woman architecture design actually there there has been a lot of debates and intellectual discourse, especially in the West. But but if you look into the um. Eastern context, especially in, in the Malaysian environment itself, not much actually research has been done or study has been done actually talking about architecture design for women or talking about gender sensitivity in that sense. And um, like what I mentioned earlier, talking about the surveys that has been done previously, um, there's not much studies actually or research uh mentioning about these ideas so and everybody were, were looking at it as something that is not important but actually it is something important in society because when we talk about women now in terms of population a woman is actually has a bit higher kind of a population compared to men am i right Hanif? <laughs> because if you go to a lot of higher education institution it is more like um female dominant rather than than male dominant so in this sense, I think there should be some certain kind of an awareness or understanding in, in creating these spaces. Because at the end of the day, uh, when you talk about um, female architecture design, it won't be actually for female only, but it will be more like a, a gender sensitivity that is actually exclusive for all in that sense. So this is the things that we, I think the community need to change their mindset first and have certain kind of an awareness. And maybe it has to go from the uh, bottom up kind of an approach rather than top down kind of approach. So it has to start from the understanding of the society. You know, you have to get a lot of uh, more groups discussing about it and things like that. And if you look into the studies also, um, if you talk about Malaysia, uh, Malaysia. Malaysia is actually placed uh, 51st out of 113 uh, countries in the world that take part in this study talking about awareness uh, on, on women and also gen gender equality. So this is quite crucial, especially in Malaysia. So I hope that certain kind of awareness actually should be bring forward, especially by the um, big groups that represent not only women, but also the community. You mentioned just now that it perhaps needs a bottom-up approach. How do we go about that? And, you know, how, how do we start raising the awareness of the importance of uh, women-sensitive design in architecture? Um, it has to start from community participation first. Um, I think the awareness has to come from um, education. Education is also very important. So we need to stress the importance of, of um, community living, especially in the education system. Um, and then actually educate, especially the um, community itself by doing a lot of campaigns, you know, uh, intellectual discourse, uh, um, open talk, uh, uh, some sort like a discussion, group discussion, and, and talk about more about 
the ideation of a gender sensitivity architecture to society. You know, last time uh, when we talk about gender sensitivity, um, everybody is quite sensitive about it and they try to, to run away from the issue. Uh, but, but nowadays when we talk about as we live in the 21st century, a lot of things has changed. And if you look into the design of the cities, uh, it's everything is fast paced with the modern technologies and things like that. So I think it's high time uh, to do a lot of research and to have more like uh, awareness dialogues, actually, to encourage all members of the community to know their role and importance, especially these uh, women needs in society. All right. Um. So, um. I think to a certain extent, um, the awareness is beginning to be there. I think, uh, yeah. like you mentioned earlier in our conversation, you know how yeah. certain public spaces are beginning to be a bit more aware of and are trying to be a bit more inclusive to women. But mm-hmm. um, what else can we do? And you know, what are some other spaces that can be perhaps focused on? Um, if we were to improve the situation for there. Well, the thing that um. If you go to big cities like shopping malls and things like that, the awareness, the sense of awareness is there. Like what I'm saying, the basic thing, you know, like ladies' car park. Uh, 10, 20 years ago, there is no specific pink car park actually at the basement if you go to shopping malls. But nowadays, if you go to big shopping malls, the sensitivity kind of uh, towards female are there actually for, for women's spaces. And if you go to um, a lot of the shopping malls also, there are actually spaces for women and to to care for their kids, you know, nurseries, small nurseries and things like that. But uh, this thing, it has to be more. So I think it cannot stop there, but the initiative and actually the understanding and actually the effort should be more actually, especially from developers, from authorities, from designers, from all walks of life. So meaning that uh, when you design a mosque, for instance, when you're designing surau, you know, when you design rest and and uh, R&R areas, especially in, in along the highways and things like that, it's something basic things, but the understanding should be there. And when you're designing a park, you know, maybe there's a, a, a kind of a separated space, especially for, for female or, or to sit down to relax and things like that. So, and especially if you go to public transport areas like LRTs, you know, um, and you go to uh, bus stations and things. So it should, it, they should actually have more spaces for women. So the way how to design it is actually there's, there's a lot of uh, effort that has been done in the West that actually we can take example, you know, like, like having um, wider areas, using bright white lightings, um, having a large uh, pathways and also secured gated uh, pathways and with uh, cameras and things like that actually to monitor in terms of surveillance. So sometimes the, the initiative can be very, very basic but at the end of the day, um, the most important thing is that the awareness has to come into action. Not only awareness, but also action is very important on how to change the design mindset. All right. So um, you're in academia. Um, yep. what, what's the situation there uh, in terms of having these conversations, you know, um, talking about it and also, um, I guess, to a certain extent, inculcating um, the shift in mindset among students. Um, is it happening? Yes, because um, nowadays when we talk about uh, architecture school, where where actually I'm I'm also a part of it, being an academia, is that we actually try to train students and and give them some basic awareness. Whenever you design something, the most important key point is that you're designing for the community. 
So in this sense that we are not designing for somebody specific, you know, that somebody who has the biggest authority. But at the end of the day, when we talk about architecture, it's an architecture for all. So it's it's an architecture for the people. So that that is where the census has to come and built in, especially among um, the young children or the young students before they become professional architects and designers. So and when at this stage is that um, we always give them an uh, awareness and projects designed where talking about universal design, you know, sensitivity, not only for women, but also for the disabled people, for the elderly and things like that. So this is quite crucial. Because uh, if the young generation did not understand about uh, human behavior or human psychology, they will, at the end of the day, intend to become selfish individuals, you know, become individuals who only think about themselves and, and don't have feelings about others or empathy toward others. So that's why the basic thing is that sometimes it has to start from home, Hanif. So home education is very, very crucial. So meaning that how you teach your kids about the ideas of uh, respecting others, you know, be grateful to others, you know, how to appreciate and respect others, not only women, not only men, but to all walks of society and to all human beings. So this is also the most important thing that you have to give sense to to children, also to students, and also when they go up to, to work in the um, working environment, the, the ingrain of this culture should be there. So I think if, if we start slowly uh, at the end of the day, Malaysia will become a nice place to live in, not only for women, but to all, to all walks of life and to all gender. Yeah. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and that was Alice Sabrina Ismail, Director of Architecture from the Faculty of Built Environment and Surveying University Technology Malaysia and we've been talking about gender-sensitive architecture and inclusive design for women in our built environment in conjunction with International Women's Day this week. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and you can also find this podcast and many others on Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharuddin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.